Good morning. It is Monday, August 2nd. How in the world did that happen? Good grief. Here we are in August. Uh, and this is DC Signal to Noise since we last checked in. Jim, uh, December corn futures have been basically tethered to 550 in uh, December futures. Uh, and until last night's trade, November soybean futures have been trying to stay above 1350, but that started to break away a little bit for us. So it's, uh, it, it was, while I was gone last week, it was kind of a sideways market, wasn't it? Yeah, there it's it's a confusing time for traders. I think they they they're yeah. trying to put together the puzzle of a previous uh, drought in the what Northwest Corn Belt, and then the uh, better conditions in the uh, uh, Eastern Corn Belt, right. and now we have pretty cool temperatures for at least a week here. Right. So that's probably putting pressure on beans. Yeah, the week ahead looks pretty typical for the first week of August for temperatures, while the rains are expected to stay mostly east of the Mississippi. There's a chance for some showers uh, west of the Mississippi, but it it uh, a lot of it is going to stay east of the river. And the latest 6 to 10 day, 8 to 14 day, which, by the way, gets us right up to the middle of August and the start of the Pro Farmer Midwest Crop Tour, yeah. um, calls for above normal temperatures across the entire Corn Belt. Those rains favoring the east, not so much in the west where it has been dry. So we're we're going to have to keep a very close eye on what's going on with the weather again. And I usually like to talk a little bit of baseball even before we get to the introductions, Jim. But I don't know if it's even worth it anymore. The the trade deadline was was the end of July. The Cubs had a fire sale, and then it's made some moves too. And we did you one more. We got, quote, rid of eight players, but uh, some very good ones. So with Scherzer and Trey Turner. And, you know, I agreed with all of the Nats moves except Trey Turner, but I don't think they were going to sign him uh, by 2023 yeah. anyway. So I guess you get what you can get. Yeah. Yeah, that team that brought the Cubs the first series since 1908 back in 2016, it's dismantled. Yeah. Uh, there's there's some hints of of what was left. I mean, Henderson is still there to anchor the the pitching rotation. Contreras behind the plate, who was on the edges in 2016. It um, it, it it's going to be a completely different ball team going forward now. Well, you know, I grew up when Ernie Banks was the face of the Cubs yeah. and Stan Musial was face of the Cardinals, and they were lifelong players for the clubs. Those days are over. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory. That is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Uh, as I said, I was I was gone last week, and I'm going to give you some of the details of that as we as we go through this because I think some of the the issues are are going to come up. Um, but uh, so before we we really start to look ahead, Jim, get me caught up. Get me caught up on what happened last week. Sure. Well, the the uh, exclusive uh, news, although it was a general press release, we had uh, the head of EPA's water office, uh, Ms. Fox, on AgriTalk, Chip, and yep. she basically went through a little bit more than the press release where they're going to have, what, 10 regional meetings in the coming months uh, and on their uh, coming 
uh, WOTUS reset rule. And she said they're going to go prior to the 2015 rule until then. So that means, uh, what, I think 1986. Now, what we heard from her, Chip, was uh, a good sounding uh, uh, board. Uh, let's just hope they listen, because she mentioned they want to hear from the ag stakeholders uh, definitely. So I think she she said all the right talking points. So let's see the follow through. But, uh, you know, she came on the air, and I'll give them credit just for that. Yeah, absolutely, and and <clears throat> we are certainly glad that that uh, uh, she was she was on AgriTalk. It it just seems to me, Jim, that this is an issue that that uh, if it's going to be brought up, agriculture is going to be engaged in it. But I can't. But the, but for the most part, agriculture, you know, the 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 players can't believe that we're having to go through this whole dis discussion again. Yeah. Well, you know, you want to ask uh, eventually, will this be vetted by lawyers that will hold whatever they do up in court? Because we've seen it, you know, we're still under a court ruling relative to the uh, WOTUS rule. And of course, I don't have to tell you on the renewable fuel standard and other issues in agriculture that has gone all the way up to the Supreme court so but at least we know they're 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 uh you know, road now they're gonna sounding out and they're gonna try to thread that needle but as we've seen mm -hmm. so many times when you try to get a win-win chip you don't please anybody yeah yeah that's right that's right so the build back better plan from the biden administration continues uh the administration is is pushing it basically on on all fronts yet, right? Oh, yes. We saw, and that was news not only th during the week where we had some initial votes in the Senate to uh, have the vote on uh, infrastructure one, we'll call it, that, that it was reduced to $550 billion while you were on you know, vacation yeah. for 579 I think. But uh, over the weekend, Sunday, last night, late last yep. night, the senators released the text and it's uh, yep. just over 2,700 pages. That tells you right there. And this is quote, the little bill. Okay. Yeah. Because we have the three point five trillion dollar, uh, you know, measure, uh, you know, coming after this. Here's the bottom line. Uh, there are still hurdles. I think that they're going to pass it this Thursday, Chip, uh, that uh, five hundred and fifty. You know, okay. uh, a billion dollars. It for total, it rounds to about a trillion dollars because that their other money was going to be spent anyway in annual appropriations. But that's not the end of it. After they pass it Thursday, because over in the it has to go to the House and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Democrat from California, has repeatedly said that she was going to hold that bill until the Senate passes the second part of infrastructure which is the human infrastructure, the three and a half trillion dollar measure. Uh, and before that can happen, the Senate uh, probably next week is going to first pass a budget resolution that I think will pass because uh, uh, yeah, they'll have enough in the Senate to do that. And then uh, they're, 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 they're going to try that second part. Another wrinkle, Chip, on the initial infrastructure bill, the House Democrats say, you know, they want to do some changes to this Senate 2,709-page bill. Well, if they change it too much, that has to that will go back to the Senate, and will the, will those changes be enough to have enough Republicans to withdraw their support 
because uh, we saw okay. 16 to 17 Republicans vote in favor. So this is this the hurdles, uh, the, 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 the murkiness will continue. Right. Yeah. And it you, you mentioned when the the base infrastructure bill makes its way over to the House. Um, isn't Speaker Pelosi going to say basically, listen, if if the, the second, the three point five trillion dollar bill isn't basically approved, we're not even going to take up the first the 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 hard infrastructure plan. That's what she sa sa has said repeatedly. Yeah. And anyone who doubts that she will not follow through has not followed Nancy Pelosi's right. career. I mean, she, she won't do it. She won't do it. Because if they can't pass the initial one, Chip, uh, they're probably not going to have the votes to get that three and a half you know, you know, trillion dollars. So uh, I think eventually, they, the, well, the, the scenario then becomes, let's assume that they pass the Senate passes, which I think they will this Thursday, infrastructure one, the physical infrastructure, our base bill, as you're calling it. Okay. What's going to happen to the three and a half trillion dollars for that to to get all 50 Senate Democrats, because not one Republican will vote for it. So they need right. 50 under budget reconciliation. You just have to have the majority. A number of moderates, including Cinema from Arizona, you know, Kirsten Cinema, and Joe Manchin, a you know, Democrat from West Virginia, have said it needs to change a little bit. I think it's gonna it's gonna have to come down from the price tag of three and a half trillion dollars to appease uh, cinema, and I think that's probably going to happen. How much? And some other changes uh, are going to have to be made to get the number of uh, you know, moderates to go along. But is that going to be too much to have some other Democrats, uh, far left Democrats, say, "Hey, I, I don't, I, I, you know, you, you've got this thing too much." So that's why this thing's murky. Okay, talk about the people a little bit that are probably chirping in Pelosi's ear. Who is she listening to? Oh, well, if she doesn't want to listen to her, she has to listen to her. And it's AOC because she's out firing away. She she even says the infrastructure bill should have had more, the base bill should have had more climate stuff in it. And it better have it, the Green New Deal plus in, in uh, infrastructure bill number two. Uh, and and there and she's not the only one. And what they call progressive Democrats, far left, uh, they see this uh, chip, and and it's true. They see this as their holy grail to fundamentally change the scope and direction of this country in the eyes of the uh, progressive wing of the Democratic Party. There would be fundamental changes. It's clear that that's what a, a you know a significant uh, you know bill that you know that this could be. Yeah, it it just it, it seems so uh, uh, just unbelievable to me that we're talking about that kind of fundamental change for the country in an infrastructure bill. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, and so this is why the last, what, the last two administrations, it's expect the unexpected. I mean, your head turns around. I mean, it's just so, but, but, you know, think through it. If it has to come down from the three and a half trillion dollars, which I think it will, uh, that lessens the, the, the pressure 
to have uh, some of those tax increase proposals that President Biden and other Democrats suggested. So the degree that it comes down, maybe to 2.3 to two and a half, you know, trillion dollars, lessens the 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 need to have some of those draconian. Uh, 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 you know, tax increases that would uh, very negatively affect the business of agriculture. What with the stepped up uh, basis, even though they were going to have somewhat of a carve out in there, but I, I keep hearing from other people that wouldn't work. And then any chance of a uh, of a, you know ten thirty one land exchanges, and I think both of those uh, face very low odds of seeing in any in any final bill. So there's a lot of pieces here, uh, you know, Chip, and uh, we can't see what we can't see the end zone right now it's like that right. california <laughs> cloud that you saw the murkiness when, when you were in california it's murky right now yeah yeah um it, it that that is that's very true jim um take us through the timeline on it for this week one more time okay because i just Thursday? want to make sure that everybody's yes well, by I think by Thursday, of course, uh, speak uh, you know Senate Majority Leader uh, um, from from New York. I can't even think of his name right Schumer. now. Schumer. Schumer, Chuck Schumer. Uh, he wants it as soon as possible. I think he would want it Wednesday, but it looks to me like a Thursday, and I think the vote. Uh, will be there as long as there's not any last-minute snags. Then next week, Bernie Sanders, who's the Senate Budget Committee chairman, says they'll hold the vote in the Senate on the budget resolution. And you have to have a budget resolution in order to have uh, directions for a budget reconciliation. So let's assume I think they'll have the vote because even Cinema and Joe Manchin is saying they'll vote for the budget resolution to have the opportunity to work on a budget reconciliation measure. Okay. So when is that going to happen? Well, that's again that gets us into the Pelosi timeline on on uh, you know getting uh, the base uh, bill done on condition of budget reconciliation in the Senate. We're talking fall chip before yeah. we see that done the fall okay. okay so there there's time for us to do this in the next week if not even the week after that jim and that is to kind of give us a description of what the end zone is going to look like i'm not asking for it right now not asking for it now i'm asking for it in the future what is this ultimately going to look like what what is it when when they get the ball across the the, the uh, goal line, what is it going to look like? Well, as I keep saying, I think the Senate will clear the base bill transportation. But then again, I, I've got to know how the Democrats are going to change uh, the you know physical infrastructure bill to see whether or not uh, that's going to be too draconian when it goes back to the Senate to maybe even fail on the return of the Senate. Uh, but I think the Democrats will try to temper any significant changes. So I'm going to assume that this thing even gets through the House. So that puts then all the weight on the budget resolution that will, I think, will pass in the Senate uh, next week. Uh, and then the, it takes a long time to get this budget reconciliation through, to get the various yeah. committees involved, Chip. And that's why we're onto this fall guidelines. But we need to have the bottom 
a line from three and a half trillion, how much lower to, to see what different parts are going to, you know, be in there in order to decide whether or not the Democrats are going to have enough of their own votes. Uh, but you would think this is this is a go it alone bill that the pressure on cinema and mansion will be significant and, yeah. and they're going to appease them. They're going to throw money at them for their states. They're going to come down on the level. Yes, Bernie Sanders won't be happy, but I think he's laughing all the way to the bank. He yeah. he started with the $6 trillion, knowing full well that that would probably be cut in at least in half because he's going for the long haul. He's going yeah. to, if he, he wants to make these permanent changes, see? Yeah. And so that's where you rack up the, the where any bill, uh, you'd probably have to double it if you consider the, you know, these things are going to be made permanent permanent mandatory program. So that's the strategy, Jeff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Good stuff, Jim. Really good. Uh, just a reminder to everybody that is with us this morning, that if you've got a comment or want to be part of the conversation, there is a comment tab on the right side of the screen. Click on that and give us, uh, fill us in. Dale chimed in earlier, <laughs> Jim. He just said that he hopes the Brewers are there in the World Series. <laughs> well, they haven't gotten rid of their players. So no, that's I, right. I, yeah. yeah. They've got as good a chance as anybody right now. That is for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Yes. And they've got the and they've got the rotation. They've got the pitching to get it done. Yes. So yeah. it could be the Brewers this year. Absolutely. It could be their turn. Finally, Dale. <laughs> finally. <laughs> um Jim, one more uh thing that I wanted to get to for sure is what has been the reaction to the special report that you did on suggestions for USDA to improve what they do? Got a lot of responses and comments from the 17-page paper, including a, a, a very uh, a worthwhile comments uh, from a, another farmer, uh, USDA chief economist, Johansson, uh, that will come out in a follow-up uh, story that I'm working on. I wanted to wait a few weeks to have other farmers, some pro-farmer members commented, and other analysts, uh, traders. Uh, so, and, and it was really in a spirit of helping out, Chip, is what I, uh, I, my bottom line on these comments. There's some good comments on the hope that USDA continues to be uh, the golden standard, but there's a lot of concern that the some in the private industry industry are getting ahead of USDA. That is a, a recurrent comment I hear. And uh, most people think that, boy, you need USDA's numbers to serve as a base for the vast majority of farmers who don't have the money to pay high ticket consulting firms for a leading indicator of a crop estimate, if you will. Right. And the, the process, I, I think, the whole pro well, the whole process that you are going through in in developing this paper is helping the entire industry understand the process and the requirements yeah. that are in place at the World Egg Outlook Board and at the National Egg Statistics Service yes. in putting these reports out. Yes. And and that was, again, I didn't know that going in as much because, you know, Chip and I, it, with, with our career, we were, 
we knew that process like the back of our hand, but the majority of people apparently do not. And so you have to understand the framework and uh, the NASA official and USDA went out of their way to be very helpful on this. And if you read the paper, they, if they took umbrage at anything, it was any suggestion that they would not answer questions because uh, uh, I know NASA said, you may not like the answer that we give, but we do go out of our way to respond to questions through our through their data uh, conferences and things like that. That came through. But until you know the process and the constraints both have, uh, uh, you, you can't really come up with solutions. The other thing that jumped off the page at me was the moving of uh, ERS to Kansas City. Not that it was the wrong thing to do, but that initially it put more weight onto the world board because of lack of personnel, because many retired, uh, many took other jobs. So that just, that was a drain on the world board initially. And that was no excuse. However, I could, I could hear it. You could just hear it loud and clear. And it's going to take time. They've hired some very good people, I've been told, in Kansas City. Uh, but it, you just don't do that overnight. So that's a case where personnel and money will help out. And on the NAS side, uh, they're going to have to look at some of their methodology, their tools, if you will. And uh, they're at least, uh, you know, uh, they're at least a uh, you're willing to listen. And I think that's the concept. Now, both Congress, I think, needs to go the next step, provide some more of that funding for uh, ERS and the World Board uh, because of uh, uh, the um, the current top economist, Seth Meyer, I think legitimately said over the last uh, Uh, decade or so, ERS administrators did not focus on outlook analysis for for good reasons. Their their public was deemed to be more outside of that area, but I think they went too far. So now's the time to turn that arrow around to provide funding to improve outlook analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think based on what I know of him, Seth is the right guy for that job. To bring that focus back to Outlook. Yes. Well, he was in the interior of the country for a long time at Columbia, at FAPRI, and any time you're amongst them is better to me. And and, uh, again, if you read the comments from both NAS uh, and 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 Seth Meyer, okay, uh, you're you're hearing that they're they're willing to listen. They they explain yeah. their methodology, et cetera. So now this, as as we said in Pro Farmer, this is just the beginning. Now this this we laid it out. Now uh, more information should come in, more suggestions, and hopefully uh, a commission of of a private industry uh, with experts in there in the technology area. Because you know I've I've uncovered some pretty high technology out there, Chip, in the in the uh, you know crop analysis. But NAS uses some of those, but maybe not to the degree that some in the private industry are doing. But satellite imagery is not the total holy grail as nas pointed out it has some some problems identification at key times in in the crop identification process chip you know that but a lot of people don't yeah there's a reason that the satellite uh companies come along on crop tour 
<laughs> yeah. It's, it's because they've they've got that picture in their hand, but they need to connect the dots of what they are seeing from the sky with yes. what's actually on the ground. Yes. And Lance Honig at NAS, he he hit the 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 issue of uh, lower response and some yeah. farmers uh maybe fudging on their answers. There's a key line in there that he said they've gone in depth and they've, they feel comfortable that they have a model, if you will, I guess, to deal with that. Now, yeah. he didn't expand on that, but that was the, one of the key lines in the report that he didn't feel that that was a major detriment to them. And he also uh, defended uh, moving the objective survey, no longer doing it in, in August. But that's still one where the private industry in the comments to me coming back said, I still think they ought to do an objective yield survey in, in uh, August. In August. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Are we going to federalize voting rules? Uh, they're going to try, but I don't think the votes are there in the Senate because you need 60. And so uh, they're, they're trying to, uh, this is S S1 and HR1, that tells you how significant it is to the Democratic yeah. Party. It depends on your position. Uh, the Democrats say that uh, through the last election, they withhold, they, they tried to, if not withheld some votes. Uh, the Republicans say this is just the Democratic attempt to make Democrats the majority party for as long as the eye can see. Uh, so, uh, but I don't think it's going to have enough votes in the Senate, not the House, the Senate, because they're going to need 60 and uh, the, the votes just aren't there. But okay. uh, so uh, maybe another day if the Democrats, uh, you know, get to that 60 level, you know, supermajority, if you will. But uh, that's a significant issue, Chip, because that would, again, fundamentally change elections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> the weather and the drought in the West is making its way back into farm policy again. Whip plus payments. I call Dr. it whip plus is plus. After it again. Yeah, I call it whip plus plus. Okay. Because it was interesting. The House Ag Committee approved the bill and they modified it to maybe uh, accelerate uh, WIP Plus, make it easier to qualify. They changed some cl uh, the, the classification of the drought, you know, for, for, and that's all well and good. And it would also include 2020 and 2021 ag disasters. But then Hoven on the Senate side, a key person, because he's, he's ranking member on the appropriations panel. He wants to add some livestock provisions in there. Now, I'm going out to uh, Nebraska City uh, to talk to uh, one of the best crop insurance agents I know, Ruth, Ruth? Group. Yeah. Oh Ruth my Berg. gosh, tell her hi for me. Yeah, she is good. Now, I ask a crop insurance, not her, but I ask a crop insurance contact I have. I, I ask uh, him, are we going too far on this WIP plus plus? Is that going to be to the detriment of, of the crop insurance or livestock insurance? Because we have various livestock insurance programs. And here's what he said. The best thing to do would be to continue to improve crop insurance so it works optimally for all producers, but insurance, whether crop or property and casualty, will not likely ever totally 
ob obviate ad hoc. And that's what we're, yeah. we're, we have with, you know, WIP plus homeowners and businesses receive disaster aid, though they have insurance. So probably it's a bit much to think something different will occur in the case of farmers. But still, the best solution, again, is to continue to work to optimize crop insurance. And I, you know, that is spot on as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, it's and once again, it's going to be one of the key circles of the next farm bill conversation, right? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. You you have to protect the, if if the farm groups and commodity groups agree on one thing, yeah, it's crop insurance, yeah. it, and we know it's been the ri best risk management tool in our careers. You know, other than you know futures and options and things like that, maybe even better. Uh, but it it, it but it, anything always needs to be improved, and it has been improved for the reason why it's a joint program between the private sector and government, and let's hope it stays that way because you have some very good innovators in that uh, you know crop insurance agents and crop insurance companies so I see it con continuing but bottom line on the next farm bill uh, chip we have an item in pro farmer that I told Brian to put in to stop the emails you don't even talk too much about the next farm bill until after the 2022 election you need to see who the leaders are going to be in yeah. the house and senate to really forecast any timeline or any changes gotcha Gotcha. Um, when it comes to crop insurance, we are going to have a conversation this morning on AgriTalk with Steve Johnson from Iowa State University about the margin protection crop insurance. August is an important month, and this is for 2022 crops. August yes. is an important month in determining what the, the coverage level will be on the 2022 crops. So be sure to tune in and, and listen to that conversation that we're going to have with Steve Johnson uh, this morning on the show. Jim, 30 seconds. One, one last thing that you're thinking about for the week ahead. Mm, well, the, what I'm thinking about is I'm glad to be going out, okay, on a Delta plane, but not the Delta variant, okay? <laughs> uh, and I just want to hear, they're going to have over 200 farmers at that meeting, and yeah. uh, that's where I live for, Chip, as you well know. That's called ground truth, so I want to, I want to, and they come from different states there, so I want to hear. Uh, the other thing I'm watching for is that Thursday vote to see if there's any last-minute wrinkles in uh, a scoring uh, aspect of it or anything like that. But that's the key as far as, you know, what what what, what I have to be watching for. Very good. Very good. Well, I, I checked one off the bucket list for us last week, Jim. What's that? My wife and I. We went out to Northern California, went to Redwood National Park. I wanted to see the big redwoods and the sequoias, uh, you know, since reading about them. I mean, I remember doing reports on them in fourth grade. Fourth grade, and I wanted to go see them ever since. Got that done. Good. One thing that struck me so, I mean, just smacks you right in the face when you're driving through Northern California uh, down Highway 5, okay, is the amount of agriculture and farming that is that takes place in Northern California. It is mile oh. after mile after mile of trees and olives and rice and cattle and drought i yeah. i it it's it, it it is heartbreaking to see the amount of damage that has been done to not 
hundreds of thousands, but millions of acres mm. of rangeland out there. And Jim, the, 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 the effects that that is going to have on the cattle industry in the years ahead, uh, we're, we're, we're just starting to scratch the surface and figure out just what the impacts will be later. So I think you're spot on. And we had that hearings last week, two of them yeah. on, on the you know, meat industry. I think the better one was on the House Ag Subcommittee side, but they brought some of the things up that we've been discussing on AgriTalk, such as uh, it's not wrong to expand meat processing capacity, but look at your cycles. Yeah. And you could be having these things put into place at the time where you've got your cattle inventory at, at the low level. Yeah. And so it could spark some really big price moves ahead. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to turn up the volume on what's happening in agriculture on AgriTalk at 10.06 Central every weekday morning. Market updates, 2.06 Central every afternoon. This morning, as I mentioned, Retired Iowa State University Farm Management Specialist Steve Johnson talking about the margin protection crop insurance. Have a great week. Keep watching for all those signals.